Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to help you find health and community through movement. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, coach, and yoga teacher. And I'm Peter Glassford, an endurance coach and kinesiologist. Every week, we're talking to athletes and experts who can help you lead your best active, adventurous life. Whether you're a gravel racer, a marathon runner, or you just got out on your first bike ride yesterday, we're here cheering you on. You can also visit us online at consummateathlete.com for coaching information and training tips, nutrition advice, yoga flows, bike skills, and more. And now, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast coming at you with another Friday quick question or in this case, uh, we'll call it a a quick uh, hit of one of my favorite topics and also just a quick hit that deals with a lot of the issues I'm going to say that uh, people we've been riding with, Peter's clients, uh, people we know have been dealing with as spring is here, we're outside riding more, uh, Etc. Etc. Uh, it's time for spring cleaning and reorganizing your gear, which everybody knows is my favorite thing in the entire universe. Well, and when we think about consummate athlete, that is part of it, right? Is that the athlete is, you know, we, you could say put together, but it's all these other things, these little things that, you know, everyone talks about their TSS or their wattage or their, you know, what they call fitness. But when we talk about fitness for the task, it is that you are on the start line with the appropriate gear, with the fuel, with a bicycle that works, right? There's all these other little things that maybe don't, you know, go into your training stress, aren't as, you know, sexy to advertise on your Instagram. Uh, hang on, hang on. I think decanting your powders into nice containers and or having your like super super organized kit is very i take it back you probably could put that on a sexy instagram post so all that to say you know it takes time it takes effort uh and it does contribute to the result or at least not ruining a result but this is what we see and you know again I, i work with enough people that you know i see this especially in the spring that these we could call them spring cleaning exercises Uh, often are what's limiting consistency in training, if not also in in race results. Yeah. I mean, how many people have you seen end up either starting their training pretty late or not at all because either a computer wasn't charged or they couldn't find this strap, they couldn't find their sunglasses, uh, or as we're going to talk about later, they get five minutes down the road and they flat and they didn't think to bring a spare tube because they haven't repacked their saddlebag since they took it off for indoor winter training. Yeah. I mean, those are lots of common things that happen right there, right? Whether you don't get out uh, or you're flustered, you're super frustrated, uh, you know, because of technology or gear. And or, you totally missed the warm-up time because you took the extra 10 or 15 minutes trying to find your socks or find your mm-hmm, favorite jersey mm-hmm. or whichever. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's kind of all of our reasoning for why it's really important to just get your get your stuff in order every so often. Also, your spouse, partner, roommates, etc. will thank you for it. So uh, over on the blog, we actually had a couple articles go up in the past week that are a little bit more uh, granular with some of the spring cleaning stuff with tips on how to actually clean some things, uh, how to use vinegar to get the smell out of your kits and how to get the the gross stuff out of your bottles, that kind of thing. Uh, but we're going to talk about some more global stuff, um, starting with uh, checking your food and sunscreen expiration dates. I think this is a big one for when we've had everything sort of packed away for the winter season. Um, I mean, look, I'm not saying that you have to get rid of every expired gel. I use some expired gels. They're probably fine. But some foods obviously are going to expire 
like because they're actual food, not just a weird sugar concoction. Well, and maybe uh, expiration could mean, you know, the, the crushed bar that you've had in your bag for a long time and it just you're not going to eat it. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. If you have stuff that's expired and it's expired because you just haven't ever picked it. I think that's a good reason to get rid of it. If it's a gel flavor that you're just not super into. The power bar that's been around since they went to the moon. Yep. Yep. We had that for, I think we, I think we had a power bar that came with us for four or five years. It was as old as our relationship. You yeah. Know, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like sentimental, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> the ceremonial power bar. We have it framed now. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, get rid of some of that stuff to make room for, for new stuff. Honestly, uh, clear out some of those old, the, you know, the little, like they have two scoops left of powder, just use them up if you haven't already, or get rid of them if they're just taking up space. Uh, so get rid of some of that, that old stuff and just tidy up your food organization storage section. Which I guess, you know, you don't have to post it to Instagram, but it is whether it's, you know, we've done a, you've done a, a fridge cleanup here recently, which, you know, it looks great, but it is, it, it's sort of that. I think they talk about sort of this like mental, like you sort of have this clutter mentally because you look in the fridge and you can't find anything. Uh, or you look in your, we have a food drawer that's sort of the ride food drawer. And again, if it's clustered, you know, there's just like miscellaneous stuff and I wouldn't eat probably half of it. And it's like, well, why do we even have that then? So it's, you know, yes, it's more Instagrammable, but it's also, you know, when I'm like, okay, I need to go, I need two bars for this two hour ride or whatever. You know, it's much easier to grab the stuff that we need. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, and then the the other thing to check out is just your sunscreen expirations, uh, just PSA as we get into summer. Um, I know most of them actually do last longer than a year, but if you're getting into the two-year territory, you're starting to get into pretty sketchy levels of protection. So just, just be aware of that. And again, like, would you use... <laughs> That's the other funny thing is we keep them in the drawer. There's 12 of them, but you probably wouldn't even use a bunch of these older ones, whether, you know, expiry date or not almost. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So checking that out and coming and as far as like the putting stuff by the door, I think actually having your stuff set up neatly by the door is actually one of our biggest things as far as organization goes is thinking about what do I need for every ride slash run and moving that stuff closer to the door because whether you've ever done it or whether you just had everything kind of moved inside for your indoor training season, a lot of our stuff in the winter migrates inside, right? All of those water bottles migrated down to the basement with your bike and Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you even move some of your ride food down there as well or the sunscreen is just buried in, in your summer bin somewhere. So now is sort of the time to start migrating everything closer to the door. I even think honestly moving an electric cord or um, charger station close to the door so that when you walk in, the first thing that happens is, you know, your heart rate strap goes by the door, your or up, I guess, in the by your your clothes, but your cycling computer, your lights go on the charging station. Mm-hmm. Well, and they have a place. It, it yeah. doesn't even a lot of times it won't be right by the door for people, but yeah, just there's a place and you put it back and and there's room for it and there's not fifteen of the old sets of shoes you used to wear, but now again, won't wear. Yeah, yeah. So just make it start to think through what it would take to streamline the getting out the door process. Because, again, that like five to 10 minutes that you've been taking, if you can cut it down to two to three, that's a few minutes of extra spinning time. And that can make a big difference over time. Sure. sure. Yeah. I I mean, I I think that's, you know, if you went from 60 minutes up to 75 or something, that could be a huge difference. Mm hmm. So having all of that set up and then actually on the bike itself, do you want to kind of speak towards the uh, 
the tendency we have when we first get off the trainer to uh, just put the back wheel on and just head out the door. Which is probably fine, but you definitely want to be careful. This year, I've seen a lot of shifting stuff, just derailers and shifters. And, you know, now with the electronic shifting, there's a whole other series of things that can go wrong. So just, you know, making sure whether it's the bike getting in for a tune up, ideally before the spring rush, uh, but getting that in there and getting it checked out. Or if you can do it yourself, then taking that time again, it's all time. And, you know, maybe it means you can't do that every day. Can't be a super long ride, but it might take a full day of bike maintenance day uh, to make sure that the shifting is adjusted for that outdoor cassette. You haven't worn it all out on the indoor cassette. The shifting actually works because maybe you've been using erg mode all, uh, you know, all winter and you haven't actually shifted the bike. Uh, So yeah, there's all these things now that can go wrong when those bikes are moving in and out, whether it's wear and tear or adjustment or, or whatever. Yeah. And I think also just the actual what's on the bike and what's in your pockets. uh, We need that reminder of making sure that you have everything you need to fix a flat. And to me, this, by the way, look like just my mini rant. Uh, To me, it does not look like one tube and one CO2. To me, it's at least a tube, a CO2, and the actual uh, inflator thing that goes with the CO2. Um, But also, honestly, I'm a big fan of having a mini pump and a patch kit as well, because I feel like everyone just carries the CO2 in the tube, which, fantastic, it works for one flat. Uh, You can't do anything after that. So having that backup, I think, is just really important, especially if you're going out on a long ride by yourself. I think so. I think, yeah, depending on how exposed you are. But I think you want to have redundancy, whether that's patches or two tubes or two inflation methods. Uh, Sometimes I'll just carry two CO2s with two heads. Uh, Even that I don't like, but I tolerate that. But then again, I've used a lot of CO2s in my life. So, you know, again, if I have two heads, I'm pretty confident that they're, but, you know, half the time, one of the CO2s I've already used you know so this is why you have two uh so one of the heads is jammed so that's why you have a second head see this uh, is why i literally <laughs> just bring a mini pump uh, i yeah, know it's not it going to inflate my tires as much as the co2 or as and fast especially now some of the pumps are pretty small but still pretty good and some of the saddlebags are pretty sleek on how it all integrates or the bikes even now have them integrated so you just make sure they're on and the number of, of clients that end up r- missing a ride or having to phone an uber or phone their spouse or different things like this early and again it, it's not a big deal it's just one ride it's always just one ride but over a series of these things they they are additive and and sometimes it's a pretty big bummer if you miss especially for busy folks you know they miss that one key workout of the week there's not oh we'll do it tomorrow that option isn't really there so if it's just the difference of fixing a flat on a ride, getting the experience fixing the flat on the ride, which is huge. Well, that's what I was just going to say is also, you know, at some point you're going to be in a race and you're going to flat and you're going to need to deal with it. Or again, a long gravel bikepacking thing where that's, oh, well, you didn't get to finish your bikepacking trip because you couldn't, you know, didn't get to practice that flat change or, or didn't have a tube or just didn't carry them. So whatever you need, you know, to fix that flat is in a bag, you know, go through all those bags, make sure every bike has a bag. Uh, to Molly's point, often my bike has, you know, a basic flat change kit on the saddlebag or taped to the seat post or inside the frame or whatever it is. And then I usually have sort of some key things in my back pocket. So my favorite multi-tool, which is everything for chains. Uh, I have a quick link with that. And then an inflator 
uh, and then tire plugs, which is sort of you know akin to patches in some ways. It gives you one more chance, one more way you might solve this problem. Uh, and then, of course, the tubes are usually attached to the bike. But if I have a pack, I'll put a tube in there for a bigger ride or just jam another tube in my pocket. If Again, it, depending on the risk and, and how many different ways of fixing and getting myself home I have. Yeah, and depending on where you're, where you're riding, the other thing I like to have in there is... These might be a little excessive, but I usually have a gel and then probably like a $10 bill jammed in a saddlebag. And I just try to leave those in as my sort of emergency backups. If I was getting really kooky or like really out in the out in the wilderness, I actually would probably also throw a couple aqua tabs like those iodine water uh, neutralizing tablets in because I mean, you just sometimes you never know <laughs> where sure, you're going to get your next sure. bottle of and water. You've spoke, yeah, the tabs are great. Uh, and we have a couple springs that I've drank out of here that... Uh... Are, are pretty clean, but I would have rather been able to put an, a clean, uh, what is it called? A pur- purification Purifier, tab. Yeah. Uh, and you've talked about carrying the, uh, like, a, like a life straw, cadden, like filtration, physical filter type, which again is, is okay depending on where you are in the world. Uh, and at least it's better than maybe drinking straight out of a stream. <laughs> <Exactly>. Filters <laughs> at least the sticks out. Uh, so that's that's again as far as the water and backups, uh, and then the other thing is definitely clients going out and forgetting that they need to carry food, or the ride gets longer, or they haven't eaten all day, so they're lower energy. And it's just like the rule of thumb is you eat something every hour. So a lot of people only ride for an hour, so they never really fuel. Which which we could debate that you know we've had nutritionists on and talked about when you need to ride uh, fuel, but the the reality is day to day we're going to be different. And if you have the fuel and you can continue your ride or continue your intervals or do a better job or recover faster because you didn't you know not eat all day and then not eat on your ride and then crummy intervals and then you hate yourself and you're you know really upset and crying when you go home because you didn't have for the sake of a gel or the sake of a bar or the sake of a sandwich, whatever it is that it should be in, it's always in my right pocket. There's always way more food than I need. Uh, and then in my left pocket is always tools. And then, you know, you probably have a phone or something jammed in somewhere. But the, these are the things that we want to make sure we have a system that it's just like you almost feel naked if if those, you know, the left pocket, right pocket, you can almost just, you know, sort of touch those two pockets and they're okay. Yeah. I can go ride for three hours if it, if I need to. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I put this on our Instagram when we were talking about gift guides way back when. Um, but for, for our friend Karen, who finished the Bruce Trail, I actually had a custom um, uh, welcome mat made for her that just says tracker water snacks on it. That's like the checklist that we used when we were crewing her. That was the like three things that she never left the van without. Uh, and it was just, we always had to remember these three things. So I feel like if you're someone who tends to leave without food or water or you're like, inf- you know, reinflation stuff, I would honestly, it was like 30 bucks on Etsy. Go get one of these custom mats made that says like, you know, cycling computer, snacks, water, tools, or something like that. It almost strikes me like that's like a sticky note on the door, which isn't as fancy. But My way is way cuter. But even like a decal, a sticker, a decal of uh, on your like, if you're the person that forgets to have like on your bicycle, right? Where some people put, what was the, uh, the Jens Voigt was like, uh, shut up legs. Yeah. Yours, yeah. yours are like, Hey dummy, like bring your, <laughs> bring some food. <laughs> like, you know, got food, got bars. I like it. I like it. Uh, so yeah, however you need to remind yourself the stuff you need to have on your ride, super, super important. And you know what I like about this is I'm, I sometimes take this too far and, and there's certainly exceptions, but there's just like, it's the same as race day. And, and again, that can be taken too far. I don't race every day. The intensity is not high most days, but it's like, 
And when I race in a mountain bike race, it's not necessarily the same tool always, you know, it depends on the race and how extreme and if there's tech zones, but you see now people just, they don't race with anything. And I get it. It's sort of annoying to have stuff in your pockets or wherever on your bike. It's heavy, but they make really small tools. And the number of people I've passed in races that are like, do you have a tool? Like, uh, like, a, you know, or, you know, they have a flat and it's like now with tire plugs and inflation, like even just an inflator to get to the tech zone, they're not, no one's carrying inflation devices. Well, and, and it's funny that happened a few, to a few people in Fayetteville. I was actually seeing on Instagram, people were like, oh yeah, I had to run really far to the tech zone. And I'm like, well, if you had tubeless, you could have probably just like reinflated it with a CO2. Sometimes, like, for yeah. a little depends. bit at least. Yeah. So that would be the question to ask a lot of those folks who ended up running was like, did they have any method to even like nurse it? through and that's this is very race specific but the number of times like in Jerome actually on our camp I actually nursed a flat back and I think I used two co2s but just kept popping it and then riding it and then you know riding the flat a little bit and then popping it you know back up and got home right at least and then no one had to come pick me up or anything like that Mm -hmm. uh and so it's again just these skills that are relevant to racing but you know they're not relevant if we don't have the tools yeah yeah exactly. Uh, and then also just making it so that i'm that's just normal on race day so it's not weird that you're suddenly carrying tools and you've used the tools in training if you so that when you do have to use them in race day you know you hope you don't but you're not trying to figure out how to suddenly do something and you yeah. can the same thing we talk about the, about fueling right and training the gut if you don't ever eat because you only ever do an hour workout and you don't you know want to eat for whatever reason, then it, it's sort of hard to, for the skill of pulling stuff out of your pockets and, you know, just your gut may not like food coming in during the race. And so you wonder again, when we're talking about consummate athlete, this isn't training, this isn't two by 20 threshold intervals and a hundred TSS points, but I guess, you know, it, it's going through the motions of, of what it looks like to be a, a comp, you know, someone who's racing and well and winning perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it gets back to in our in our four C actually in our four C's it almost hits all of them because it gives you the confidence to feel good about your ride. Uh, it gives you the consistency because you get to actually finish rides instead of having to call for the Uber. Uh, and our other one, community, it actually does. I'm gonna say accounts for that because how many times have you been like the savior because you had the tool? I don't know or if I call myself pump. that publicly, but <laughs> like help some people out. I often talk about like the most the the reason I always carry a tampon now is because I was once like with a group and a a woman I was with had just gotten her new all white team kit and midway through the ride got her period and I felt so bad because she asked if I had a tampon and I didn't uh and from that day forward I always have one in my saddlebag uh, not necessarily for myself but in case someone else needs it sure sure or for myself well and you could say the same thing about well, maybe not the exact same thing, but the you could save someone, help someone with a gel or, or a tube or an inflation device or a multi-tool. Again, I usually, I usually do drop a multi-tool. It's semi-illegal to do depending on the race, but I accidentally drop a multi-tool for the other person who is you know trying to straighten their seat or their handlebars or get their chain back on or whatever happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I mean, I think that's sportsmanship as much as it might be illegal <laughs> depending on the rules of the race. Uh yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's the other reason, right? Even if you're put together, you can be extra put together so that you help others. And, and to your point of community, did you have a point about cross training to finish our four? Seats? I did not. I said three. I oh, did okay. say three out of the four. Well, I mean, if you're running, I guess. 
<laughs> you know, I guess if you do have to run home, I guess that's why we run and, and yeah. why we practice that. So that's our four C's. So there is a, a whole post and podcast about the four C's of being a consummate athlete, which yeah. is what Molly's alluding to. Did you want to move on here as we work through this spring training episode? Yeah, we actually just have one more topic here, and that's just going through our old gear. So winter stuff is going away. Summer stuff is coming out. To me, this is actually an optimal time just to pull out all of your clothing, all of your shoes, all of your socks, and then just get rid of some stuff. And whether that's you're getting rid of stuff because the socks have holes in them, the gloves are worn out, uh, you know, kind of more of the wear and tear. This stuff is no longer useful. So I'm just going to throw it out like that's that's super important because that way you don't end up trying to get ready for a ride and realize that you're putting on eight pairs of socks and all of them have like one one toe hole missing or one hole in every toe kind of thing. Um, well, it starts to get to that like decision making of like if you open your sock drawer and they're not in pairs and half the socks you don't actually wear riding, uh, you know, they're not the socks that you like wear riding, then we have to really consider, you know, do we waste energy and time doing that versus can we go and use those uh, socks, right? Can we can we have the socks that we use rather where, you know, we have five, six, whatever number of sets for the summer and we're ready to go. And, and that might be in their own drawer and a special little, you know, side drawer of your drawer where you're able to have, you know, those special cycling socks. Uh, I, I really like just having just socks that I would wear riding and I try and not have other ones, but other people will have their dress socks or, or whatever. And maybe that is like a divider, you know, Molly would really like the dividers in the drawers. And again, this gets to the Instagram level, but we're trying to get rid of for the sake of the summer. And I have to admit to folks in, in Canada here that I'm probably responsible for this delayed winter we have because about, <laughs> I think it was probably still February. Yeah, we're sorry. February, or, no, I would have been March where I, I got a bin for my, you know, my big wool socks. And then I got my gloves like my big winter gloves and my my toques or my woolen hats if you're from south of the border and I put them all in this this bin and then <laughs> the winter kept coming back I thought I was getting my sock drawer ready for summer but then winter kept coming back so I had to keep pulling my big lobster claw gloves back out of this bag so I apologize because I probably extended winter but the idea is that when winter is actually gone then you get rid of those so that when you go to grab gloves you're not looking through lobster claw gloves it's just your if you're a long finger glove or a, whatever type of gloves you might use, right? Yeah, exactly. You don't need you don't need your winter coat anymore. Yeah. And I mean, I think the other thing too is getting rid of some of the stuff that you just don't use. So it's back to what we talked about at the beginning, getting rid of those old gels that like clearly you're not going to eat. Uh, get rid of those jerseys and the bib shorts or the shorts or whatever that you're just not going to wear. The ones that you know you're not reaching for ever. Uh, it's it's time to let them go. Now, this doesn't mean donate, you know, get rid of, like throw them out or even donate them to Goodwill because that tends to not go great with cycling gear. Uh, what I actually really love doing is I look uh, in the States. Uh, I have a couple NICA teams that I, I know that like are local school. to me, high school mountain bike teams. Mm -hmm. uh, so every year or two, I end up giving them a bag of my old stuff. Uh, so you can look for local kids teams, local kids programs. And I think they're always so happy to have that stuff because there's always kids who, you know, their parents don't ride. So they don't have the, the all of the either hand-me-down kit or their parents just don't even realize that they need certain bike shorts or that kind of stuff. Uh, so it can be really helpful. And I mean, honestly, that gear is expensive. So for just sort of normal high schoolers who are maybe trying out biking for the first time at a school program, uh, that can save them a couple hundred bucks or a few hundred bucks. And it could be even, you know, shorts are one thing, but the 
you know, I, I always think about the colder weather stuff, the amount of times, you know, it's a little cold or rainy. And then if you've ever been on one of these high school level or, you know, kids rides type thing, half of them don't have any clothes. So they're either in, you know, a, a cotton hoodie or they're just in, they're cycling, you know, shorts and jersey because that's, that's the cycling equipment yeah, they have. Yeah. So you show up as this, you know, professional cyclist in your, you know, full leg warmers and Gore-Tex this and, you know, your woolen cap or toque and, and they have nothing. And it's like, you probably have a junky old jacket at home or something, right? And it might be four sizes too big for them, but they probably would love it. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a great way of kind of uh, get it, getting rid of some of your old stuff, but feeling good about doing so. Uh, I've also done great clothing swaps with friends uh, and gotten some good stuff and gotten rid of some stuff that way. Uh, same thing's true for shoes and things like that. So really just, just try to call it down to the stuff that you actually wear on a regular basis. Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about with like the tights that fit just a little too weird. So you, you've kept them for a few years, but they just, they've never quite worked. So you just never wear them, but they're kind of backups. Just get rid of them. It's time. Mm -hmm. This is your permission to, uh, to say goodbye to them. Uh, yeah, so I think that that just makes it so much easier, so much faster to get out the door, to get into your gear drawer, to not have it overflowing. Um, and then you're always just putting your hands on stuff that you actually like using. Well, and it gets to that. I mean, does it simplify laundry? Maybe it means doing laundry twice a week with your kit, which is probably good that it's not sitting around, you know, stinky and sweaty in the laundry bin. Uh, you know, probably gets cleaner because maybe the laundry load is smaller. Uh, but then also I wonder too, when we think about this consistency idea, if they're good shorts that you like, uh, are you going to be more comfortable on the bike? So you, if we enjoy the thing, we'll do it more often. We'll look forward to it. It'll be more, uh, you know, we'll again, we'll enjoy it, I guess more, but then also do we it, it, down the road? These are things that we never know. Like, do we avoid saddle sores or sitting a little crooked on the bike? Cause those saddle, you know, those shorts are you know, a little thin. And so we're like sort of sitting crooked to try and find a comfortable spot. And then, then we end up with IT band tendonitis. We just never know where those little niggles and pains and, and overuse injuries come from and why. And I guess that on the flip side, that's, this isn't a guarantee that you're not going to get an overuse injury, but if it prevents, you know, saddle sores is probably the obvious one, right? If we can avoid one of those during the year where it's like, ah, yeah, that got bad. I had to take the whole weekend off or something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right, or just even intervals. You know, if you're in pain, it, it's hard to do a good set of intervals. Yes. Um, cool. So I think that that pretty much wraps up our, our spring cleaning list. And we'll link, there's a... An, a we have a couple posts okay. on so we'll all link about to a few. the organization. And I mean, I admit, like, if, you, if you're like me and this just seems really exciting, uh, it can be really fun figuring out the actual organization of it all and maybe even getting a couple new bins and baskets. Sure. Very, very fun for people like me. Um, but even if you are not, if you are just someone who does not care about being super organized, just think about this as saving you so much time and getting you out the door faster so you have more time to do the actual writing that you want to do. And our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete, also goes through a bunch of this the, as far as spring cleaning and getting out the door. And Yeah, we have a whole chapter on gear organization, what to do with old gear. And actually, I think one of the most valuable things in the book is our uh, discussion of how to decide on new gear. Uh, I was trying to write a section of like the gear the consummate athlete needs. And I realized pretty quickly that that, uh, that list doesn't make any sense. And it's actually more about uh, how how little extra gear you can bring in or how 
how useful the extra gear you bring in can be. So we have sort of a checklist of things to think about when you're buying new stuff so you don't end up with 18 drawers of new stuff next year. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's always the challenge, yeah, is, is trying to make it work for your mix of sports and activities and, and yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's the challenge. It's also the thing I think a lot of us enjoy. Exactly. All right. With that said, uh, actually, if you head over to consummateathlete.com, you can jump on our newsletter uh, if you haven't already. And if you sign up uh, just via the the website right now, you'll actually get our getting organized chapter sent to you in a PDF. So this is just a little incentive for anyone who hasn't joined our newsletter to do so. You can actually get all of those checklists and full lists and everything. Uh, So highly recommend doing that. Sure. And maybe if anyone's on the list and hasn't got it or doesn't know where it is, just uh, maybe you can DM us or, or, you know, use the contact form and we'll, we'll get that to you as well. Perfect. All right. Sounds good. Have a great weekend, everyone. Spend a little bit of time spring cleaning and we will see you on Tuesday. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of our past episodes, do us a solid and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete, over at consummateathlete.com. Questions or comments? Find us over on Instagram, at consummateathlete, and we will see you next week.